Greetings and welcome to the Sean Boy Podcast. Coming from Southeast Kentucky. The Commonwealth. But uh, today on my show, I have my first guest, which is a kid I've run into at work time or two there and he's sort of a left brain leaning thinking kind of guy <laughs> uses that side of the brain more than the right side and we'll just call him VIP because that's his that's what he goes by he explains and gives you like an address and stuff that you can Visit if you're interested in what he's up to. That's V V V H I P. Uh, also today I'll be going over <clears throat> something that I suspect a lot of people have like they've they've witnessed it or experienced it or heard about it in that synchronicity. I'm gonna go in depth and do a, my personal take on that. And then, of course, I'll have a joke here in a minute, as always. But um, then we're going to move on to the music section. I'm going to try to make the music a little bit longer. Last time I did like two songs and talked a lot. (laughs) But like, I'm going to talk on these two. It's just I'm going to play more songs, I think, this time from different groups and stuff. So hopefully it's a little bit more variety you know on the music section there um but and also uh after the joke there we'll go to current events but uh thank you for listening and here we go Calling a public service announcement. I, in fact, call this next bit a call to our sensitive kids. In this example, I shall use a name. His name shall be Benjamin. You guys ever look at a kid and think to yourself, go the fuck outside? Like, drop the stupid pad and look at this. Look here, Benjamin. I'm the ghost for dumbasses at present, buddy. Looky here. I'm going to tell you something that no one else, my friend, will. Eight hours on anything is not good, probably, for anything you do. Okay. That's number one. You know, you may think eight hours on your Pokemon Go there is normal. But let's look at it this way, little Benjamin. There's eight hours in your school day. You know this because you're eight or you're an eighth grader. And just like the years before, you know you were doing it for the paper, Benjamin. You know, know, I know school's very important, but hey, I'm a fucking ghost here. (laughs) Now, now you see, even though you know, and I know, eight hours on anything is probably a bunch of shit a little bit. You see, you still got to have a plan in place. Because just like they teach you in school, 
the universe is chaos, Benjamin. You know, all your fears in the world. You're right. <laughs> your so-called personality, well, when you get booted out of mommy and daddy's house, well, Benjamin, just like the universe, it's batshit crazy no matter where you go. You gotta be ready. One day everything cool, the next day some old man trying to lure you in with candy. You know, that type of thing. Don't accept really happy old men that say, come into this room, I got some candy. Have a plan, Benjamin. Have a plan. Well, Ben, do you like Tom and Jerry there? This is another good analogy for you. Uh, much like the ha uh, mouse, they keep us monkeys dangling for that carrot dog. You can't see what is being done because you're a part of it, of its design. <laughs> it's called, fuck, I need money to live. And uh, watch out for the bleeding crackhead you passed uh, last Thursday. Uh, there you are, little Benjamin. Always running from Tom, confused to what you see as a safe space. When all it really is, my friend, is a box with easy access to more chaos. What I'm here to tell you, Benjamin, is that, well, we kind of been making this shit up as we go. No one knows the true way. Well, not to play the mouse and uh, stay away from Tom, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's my message to our young youth. I think it's sound advice. If you're a sensitive kid, this has been the ghost of dumbasses at present. I may visit from time to time. And now it is time for current events. And today's current events happens to take place, oh yeah, down under Australia. You know, that little landmass over there that's constantly baked by the sun because, you know, ozone layers kind of missing right there. <laughs> that place, uh, yeah. This piqued my attention as soon as I read it because it is of, oh, it's the most wonderful story I ever read in my life. Well, for today's current events, we've went across the pond here to the Down Under. That is right, I'm bringing current events from Australia. I read this and I was just in awe. I just couldn't believe. I think I know why the ozone has disappeared over Australia. Right now in the appeals court of Australia somewhere, there's a man suing another man for $1.8 million because he fatulated on all his employees. And this guy brought him to court saying, 
this guy's bowling me with his farts. And of course, the court came back and said, um, farts cannot be a form of bullying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad the Australians went through this before the Americans did. <laughs> we don't look as bad now. <laughs> well, that's the current events. All right, today's guest I have here with me to be known as Vip. That is his uh, handle. What is your handle? Right? Uh, v V H I P on YouTube. I'm an animator a little bit, and I make bad music sometimes. That's okay. I make all kinds of bad music, buddy. <laughs> uh, I got friends that can attest to that. Believe me. Um, now. On this part of my little show here, you know, I'll have a guest, and it'll just be a regular guest, you know, I ain't trying to look for a celebrity, they can't teach you shit anyway, but anyway, uh, I'm going to ask him a series of questions here, and, uh, you know, I think they're good questions, and uh, I think, you know, when you answer these questions and you do them, like, you know, just answer them to your honest ability and what you really would do, okay? All right. Here's the first question. You ready? Yeah. What piece of art or show of art or some type of beauty have you witnessed in your lifetime? Like the top thing. What was the number one thing you've seen? Uh, so my sister is an artist in Chicago. Cool. Um... I can point you to her Instagram for the description later if anyone wants to go check it out. But my sister, uh, she was painting in her apartment one day, and I was just over, and I had made coffee and helped her clean because she's a little bit depressed, and so am I. So we did that sometimes. And I'm sitting there smoking a cigarette at her kitchen table, and she's painting, and I can see into the down the hallway into the room she's painting in. Wow. And the single most beautiful thing I have ever seen is the look of satisfaction on her face as she finished something she had been working on for about a year and a half. That's pretty cool, man. Like, uh, I like that because it wasn't even a piece of art or something you see no. in nature. It and, was and actually a human being that you looked at and you was like, you know, it happened to be your sister. And then you, you seen what she had done and her expression. Probably never saw that before, did you? No. I've never seen my sister that happy in my entire life, other than that. That's pretty cool, man. That's commendable. You yeah. know what I mean? Commendable. <laughs> Anywho, uh, on to the second question here. All right. If, like, this tribalistic thing going on right now, not, not to get too much into politics or whatever, but, like, from what you've witnessed in your lifetime, what is the most tribalistic thing you've ever seen? This is a hard question. This is a hard question because there's a <laughs> shitload of it going on right now. Well, what's the most prominent in your mind? The most tribalistic thing I've ever seen anyone do is when the police in the UK, at their own bequest... Not receiving a, 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 a complaint from anyone. 
arrested a man because he made a joke video that had 800 views on it before they arrested him. Okay. They arrested a man for teaching his pug to do the Nazi salute to piss off his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Marcus Meacham. Why and that, and, could and, not been there? And, <laughs> and, 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 and uh, seeing that video for the first time oh, okay. really opened my, that, that was about six years ago now, and that really opened my eyes to the world of politics because I, I truly saw what it was, which was tribalism. Yeah. Uh, I could go much more in, in depth on this, but we'd be here for an hour. Uh, yeah. I don't have that time, kind of time, though. Yeah. But uh, here's what I'll say one word for me on tribalism. If you're one of these motherfuckers that sits there and goes, and like, say, say your friend comes up to you and he's like, he's like, hey, man, they're doing this, this, and this. Now, in the back of your head, you're like, eh, I don't care, I don't want to, whatever, you know. And then he, they keep on and on and on, and then finally, come on, man, you got to get to it. And, like, of course, you get together with all your friends. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're tribalistic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what happens with tribalism. Just to, um, just to give a brief definition of what we're saying here. What it, what, it, what it really boils down to is people who hold beliefs is dogmatic. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's even a, 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 I think that holding anything as, as, as rigid dogma, including religion, like even if, like I'm much more religious than you are, um, and I'm not super religious though, but this guy. Okay, here, here, this leads me to my perfect third question. What is your kind of God or thing behind the veil? Uh, I think humanity kind of is its own God. Um, I think that God is an object of comfort for a lot of people. I think that God is the motive force of the universe acting on us. I don't think it's necessarily something that we can fathom or understand at a deeper level. I think that God has a really bad sense of humor because he put us really far away from everything. Yeah, I kind of agree a little bit on those lines. Uh, I'll say this about God or or the concept of God. Your five senses that you have, your thought process, your mental thought processes, all that is still physical world. All that is still the body. Even though you have a thought in your head, and it races across your brain, uh, 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 you know, the synapses that you form and all that. Is, that. that is pheromonic and, and uh, electronic things. Oh, my God. Big words. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it works with chemicals and... and Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, my thing about all the whole thing of concept of God and all it's, that but is, it's a thing. is uh, you got to die first. That's that's the thing. You, you have to die first and then you know. But on to my final question. And this one is probably I, I think it, I think this question is probably the most important question I could ask of anyone. And uh, just to give you an idea of how these questions are going to work for all my future guests. 
I'm going to ask these same questions depending on who I have on and, you know, I may word them different so they understand it better, but this left brainer here, he understands big words. So that's why I'm using them. But anyway, uh, my final question is if money was no object and time duration, you have the time left in your life that you have right now. So, you know, you have that long, that much time to devote to this. And then you have unlimited amount of money. Money's not an issue. It'll get done. Only problem is, and, and of course, the catch is none of this comes about until 100 years after your death. The light speed drive. What? You would do what? Light speed drive. Okay. How? If money was no object, it would, it, that we would have it done within Why my lifetime. Why light speed drive? For what purpose? Colonization. Hmm. Unite humanity under one banner. You, what do you mean colonization? Like to other I, planets? Yeah. And stuff? Well, like, I believe that's probably a good thing, right? That, that would be a good thing. Because, like, well, we're not going to keep polluting the earth and just stay here and everything be fine. That, we're going to have to branch out, I think. That does, two thi- that does two things for us. It makes the earth somewhat expendable, yet it, is, it would still remain our spiritual home. Okay. And kind of probably a, a, a literal beacon for navigation. Um, and secondly, uh, beacon for navigation. Secondly, that would give us a, a reason to not fight each other and to shoot at aliens. Like, because I think if we yeah. fi- I think if we find planets out there that are reasonably like Earth that we can just live on right away before we figure out terraforming. Yeah. At this point, we just have the light speed drive. We can barely do anything. Well, in my last episode, I, I kind of went into that a little bit. Like, it, you know, there's people that want to go to Mars. And it's like, well, if you go to a planet that's smaller than Earth, there's going to be some problems over time and evolution's going to have to adapt. Mars actually has similar gravity to Earth. Yeah, it, it's it less it's dense just, and it, but uh, it's bigger. I mean it's it's habitable. We could do it. We could do it. But 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 let's say we want to go to if, Titan. If if you're doing your 100 year thing later, oh, by not, that time the technology's going to be there to where we'll go to whatever planet we see, want. See, I I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's what well, I'm because saying. That's after, because after I give all of the money ever to make yeah. a light speed drive in 10 minutes, yeah. So is that? What, I don't think everything will catch up quite as quickly. Well, light speed, whatever. We have to, you, what, light, what do you call it? Now? Light speed drive. Light speed drive. Okay, so that means you're going the speed of light. Post. Post. Faster. Faster than the speed of light. Yes. So how would you? I don't know. Like how would the technology? So so because they can't. There's that's what I'm saying. That's like the if I, okay, so speed if, limit. You can't so you, go faster. Use no, it's not. Um. <laughs> You can go faster than the speed of light. They've done it in the Large Hadron Collider. Things can do it. Things with mass. Well, I mean, you're talking about, you know, people in a shoe. Think, no, no, no. I, I, I'm aware. But, like I, have you, inf- you might but want... I have infinite money. Okay. So it gets done. I'm just right. saying it gets done. You're just, if you could get that done, you, nothing else would catch up because that's all you'd be doing. Okay. That's the only scientific research that could happen. Well... My only problem with it would be because of how much money there would be. No, would be the physics of it. Like, I don't. I, I don't care. Like, you said money is no object. It happens. Money is no object. I don't think that could and, ever and happen. And you have your lifetime. I to think do that's. It. I think that's a ridiculous. Well, 
if I had if money was truly do you think you could crack the the light speed? Do you think you could crack the light speed in in your lifetime? So here's how you do here's how you do that, at least in my opinion. So you build a, a collider that runs on a star. Okay. That has a diameter of a billion miles. It's about a light year. About. It's like yeah, 1.3, but about. Where's the resources coming from? I, do, I don't know. It's infinite money. You said that. Well, here's my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I asked that hard. That's why I asked that question that way. I love that because, question. Well, here's well, the Well, because it has a couple layers. Here's the thing about the question that I asked. This is the reason I say it. This is the reason I asked this final question here. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because nobody thinks about a hundred years from now, our children's children and our children's children probably deserve something better than they're getting from us right now. So I'm trying to scour our little community here and see what people could do to maybe, uh, you know, do something in the future that doesn't involve their involvement with it. My, like how much how much prob- love do you have for your humanity and all that? At this point, mine after is, you're dead. My at this point, mine is probably very improbable. Well, like, but I think other people will have a lot more reasonable answers can, for that. Well, yeah. Well, like if if we were talking to a real scientist, he would probably interject and say, "You can't go fast, faster than speed of light, not unless you have this, this, and this." I'm like, well, if money has no object and all this, he goes, no, the f- he would probably stop. Fuel density physics is not the f- there. okay. So, so in real life, the physics say that you you would need infinite fuel density to be able to do that, which yeah. is impossible. Right. <laughs> well, you know, like that's why I asked that question. I, I think it's a good question. I think I think yeah. that you might be able to do that if you were to somehow tap into the whole energy of the universe, like dark energy or whatever. Yeah. Um, they ever figure that one out yeah they can't even look at it <laughs> they can't even see it or look it's like well there's dark energy there's you know one percent of the universe is seeable the rest of it's dark energy and dark 70 percent of the universe is dark energy and it's, it's like 28 like percent of the universe is dark matter well before we get off into the rest of it's that, goofy shit well this is the segment of my guest and I want to thank you buddy for asking you know letting me ask the questions and you being honest about your answers and that is wonderful and great and uh yeah thank so you is Thanks there anything you want on. to promote or whatever and I'll uh VIP on YouTube VVHIP oh my god well thank you VIP on to the next thing On today's personal take, I have chosen the subject of what is called synchronicity. And uh, it was uh, developed by Carl Gustav Jung, a famous psychiatrist from the early 1900s. I think, well, he was he was born in 1875 and then he died in 1961 and uh he had various uh collaborations even with the likes of Einstein which I think is one of the collaborations with Einstein is what led him probably to synchronicity uh 
and then also he had a connection with this uh, physicist by the name of Wolfgang Pauli and uh, <laughs> Young came from a very psychological background whereas Pauli came from a very physics background and the reason they got together and started talking about things and, and exploring synchronicity um, just to give you a brief description of what I'm talking about when I say the word synchronicity if you don't know an experience of a meaningful coincidence between the mental state of an experience in the subject and a physical state of matter so you're talking about that sort of thing and, and <laughs> something that Jungian analysts do is uh, they talk over all this stuff and they un they understand it way better than I do but I'm just I'm repeating from what I've heard from many different lectures this this little research thing here has taken me at least four or five days to kind of really go through and do a good job of explaining it um and it's not like you can use regular means of science to explain this because it's very specific to the individual you know if you have a synchronistic event <laughs> we'll call it you know say it's synchronicity um, there's just something about it that can't be explained and I, I have an example here uh, by a guy by the name of uh, what's his name here uh, Robert Perry was his name and this was his example of synchronicity this is what happened to Robert now Robert had a friend growing up and th this all takes place when he was 16 years old he had a friend by the name of Kevin and he had a friend you know since first grade all the way till he's 16 he had that friend well eh, things went along and uh kevin there uh you know you grow up and people grow apart or whatever for whatever reasons and that's the way robert kind of explained it in the video that i watched and also uh yeah uh, anyway but the story goes like this so robert Ask Kevin, you know, I'm going to go see uh, King Kong. You want to go? And uh, Kevin had no interest whatsoever and kind of dropped off. And matter of fact, Robert and Kevin never spoke again after this. And that was the end of their friendship. Now, he did have another friend named Darren. And Darren turned out to be a real good friend. And it was kind of what it's kind of like what Robert needed at the time, you know. He lost his friend, and uh, he had no girlfriend, you know. And uh, just to kind of go over another part here of the story, and then I'll get to the synchronicity part of it. Now, Susan is a girl he went to church with, and uh, she had a volatile relationship that she was in with a guy named Mike. Uh, they were in a serious relationship, but, you know, Mike was controlling, violent type, 
all that. Um, and she wanted her friend freedom, you know. Now, she planned a secret party, of course, you know, 16 and all that, when Mike was out of town, <laughs> of course, you know. Uh, and Mike was supposed to go out of town, but plans changed, and he didn't have to go out of town. So now she makes up a lie and says, you know, oh, it was a friend that I was going to go to a party or whatever. And then she thought to herself, why am I putting up with this? And so she broke it off. And that was over. And to go on with the story here, uh, Susan called Robert, you know, after she had broke up with him and stuff. And so the, the thing that's really neat about all this is uh, now Robert has a good friend. And uh, that was Darren there. And they were at the movie seeing King Kong. Now... Both of these stories were both going on at the same exact time in real time. And here's the rev here's the thing about it. You know, so she broke it off with Mike and then she called Robert. Right after she broke it off. He just got out of the movie. He had lost a friend, he was feeling bad. All of a sudden he gets a friend, Darren, and now all of a sudden, Susan calls him and goes, Hey, would you like to go out? I would like to date you. And they're happily married for 20 years and all that. And uh, he's still friends with Darren today. So there's that. And this all happened one night at 8 p.m. Now, here's the list of parallels in common in this story. There's two friends on both sides. Uh, they're all 16 they're all teens Robert and Kevin Susan, Mike you know two events that occurred together in time then there was a mounting relationship in both cases one loses a friend, gain a friend loses a husband, gains a boyfriend so there's that both the movie and the party had all this in common both share two teens mounting tension in both relationships both relationships involved to come or not to come and then you know there's the whole Kevin movie thing and then the party, uh, party and Mike thing so this is what they mean by synchronicity and what's the amazing thing her making the decision to end the relationship with Mike cause something to shift and the way Robert explains it it did not feel like chance to him you know I've I've talked to a couple of my buddies you know at great lengths about some causal things that, that that's happened to them like and now that I think back on it maybe these were synchronicities happening to them and we just never realized it so this is one of them things that's uh, really, you know, in its infancy. Like, this is a new science that you can't use traditional science methods on. Because um, psychology, uh, the psychology of science has come to an impasse on this. You know, 
some of the questions that was raised about this is, uh, you know, you have Carl Jung there. He come, he's a psychologist. And uh, first he wanted to become a zoologist, but not much money in it, so he became a psychologist. You know, I think much like Tesla was with Thomas Edison, so was Jung with Freud. Or, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you had the feud between Tesla and Thomas Edison about AC and DC. And then you have the psychology of Jung, and then you have Pauli, which is the physics. So you have this, you have this mind that, that happens in the subject of the mind an event let's see here's another example this would be a good example one time Carl Gustav Jung was talking to one of his patients and she was telling a story of a scarab beetle in her, in her uh, dream or something like that she was telling Carl and uh, at that very moment that she said that a scarab beetle flies through the window he catches it in his hand and opens the fucking his hand and sees the scarab beetle and she said a specific scarab beetle the golden scarab beetle and the island that they were on at that time that's exactly what was in his hand now you could look at that and go okay that's a coincidence but when you have three or four more things coinciding together does that become a greater coincidence I think there's probably more to it than that because you know you gotta think uh, you can't get there with a physical approach and you can't get there with just the mental approach these things are linked in a way that is experimental or that is experiential to the person that it happens to so if if you're sitting there and say <laughs> you you uh talking to your mom or something in the morning and she says you know it's been a long time since we've seen jeff over there and uh i sure do miss him and Jeff's been away like a year and a half or something, you know. And like, for whatever reason, you guys ain't brought him up in eight months or something. This is just entering your head. This is being imprinted from your mom. And then you go outside your house and you turn around the corner to get in your car and Jeff pulls up. And just to further make it even more crazier than that, while you're sitting there listening to your mom, she's like, you know, I had a dream last night, and that's what made me bring up Jeff, that he was carrying a boombox that was pink. And uh, instead of having an actual pink boombox Je that Jeff has there in his car, he actually comes up with a photo, and he's like, Hey, man, I got a new girlfriend. That's why I've been away. And, uh, you know, I bought her this uh, really neat-looking pink boombox, and here's a picture of it. <laughs> you know, like something like that something that deep or whatever 
in somebody's meaningful experience of it, that is called synchronicity. And if that's happened to you, then you know that's. Uh, I think that's a that's kind of a special thing. Like I think there's something along the lines of spiritual, maybe about that. But again, <laughs> this is a type of science that you're not going to be able. That's that's not necessarily going to be repeatable. You're not going to use the same laws of science that that they have for the physical. And there's also some experiments that uh, a guy has done. They're called the PK experiments with dice and stuff where you, you know. And this guy named J.B. Ryan did the experiments. Uh, you know, the one experiment they had was, was these cards. And like one was a star, circle, square, and a triangle and then like two squiggly lines and you know they did over it this they 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 tried to they put these cards in front of people and said guess the next card guess it right and they really concentrated on and they did this over 800 times they also used dice and uh what was interesting about some of this is uh in the case of the dice the hits scored was in relation to the mood of the subject meaning the initial mood when they threw the dice like if they were you know the initial throws the initial time that they tried it those scored higher to their mood so that's a that's a weird thing there you know and you also got to think of uh the space factor and the time factor in synchronicity like in space factor there's no really change in anything however in the time factor the future can become physically relative you know like the big surprise in this in the synchronicity thing is whenever you finally realize as the subject yourself that you have in fact linked things together in a way that are unexplainable to some degree you know like the whole Jeff story I told there it's like how probabilistic is that um, you know and things I think about the, you know I, I watched a video from the Young Society or the Jungian Society which is a group of people that are Jungian analyst and they're really really deeply deep into young you know and their kind of questions is is how is the human mind penetrating the world what is the role of, of of this kind of consciousness in the universe so you know this is truly something that's uh odd I mean it's really and just to let you know, like Carl Gustav Jung, the psychiatrist that proposes this, he never, ever intended this to be any magical, mystical thing. Like, this is a real thing that happens to a lot of people. So, you know, 
that's one reason I brought it up today. You know, and then next time that some two or three things are causal linked in your life, and you just kind of look at it and go, "That's really, really odd." Just know that you may just had a synchronicity, and uh, you know that's my personal take on uh, synchronicity there. So, I'd like to thank you for listening and to talk for about 17 minutes there about that um took about four days of work all right i hope you enjoyed it all right and now it's time for sean's live and local sessions and uh real quick here uh if you're a band or even you just play by yourself or whatever you like to do musically and especially if it's something that nobody's done before or you're just kind of experimenting or you're like you're you're experimentalist or you're a person that does improvised music even, you know, complicated jazz, blues, any genre there is. I would like to hear it, and I'd like to, you know, I'm trying to create a little musical spot here that is of a nature where it's not really about, so to say, a song or there's just something about it that's just like oh I didn't know you could do music that way something like that along those lines but um I don't have any permission to put up other people's songs and stuff but uh I'm just putting mine up for now because I don't want to piss anybody off or anything so you know that's one thing but uh this guy that I've played drums with before in the past, I talked about him in the last episode, Jason Rawstein. He really helped me work out some of my songs because, like, he played drums in a way to him that that's what needed to be done to him. But, like, there's so many times where I've played with people and connected that was on a different level because, you know, we all equally brought something table and that's why I feel with me and Jason is is he uh he's the drummer for me like like that style of drumming is probably for me but you know I also have some other stuff on here that I've done solo like the first song you'll hear here is uh <laughs> it's called nonverbal meaning and that's a song me and Jason did and it's an instrumental of mine. And the reason I call it nonverbal meaning is I wanted to create a song in an atmosphere that I don't know if you've ever been walking around somewhere and going on about your day and you look around and you see something just totally out of the ordinary crazy shit where you're like, uh, okay, I'm going to the store, buying some groceries. Oh, look. There's some lady over there with her titty hanging out. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is the music that races through my mind when I see something incredible. 
So, and uh, I've put five songs on this episode. And, uh, yeah, the first one there is called Nonverbal Meaning. And then uh, I have another one that I did with Jason there called, uh, well, we don't call it anything because we're just jamming. But we kind of made a, and there's this other guy that was playing with us. And he's actually on the keyboards, and his name's T.J. Martin. And T.J. is a very good musician, and uh, I didn't get to play much with him. But what I did get to play with him, I like his instincts. (laughs) And you can certainly hear it in that keyboard. And then I kind of played like this jazzy type thing, and and, uh, so did uh, Jason there. Jason, he really... He really touched into the jazz part of it. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember listening back to this song. It was just a jam we did. I mean, we did that off the cuff. And it just happened. And, you know, I got a couple other songs that we did with TJ there. And, and it was just a trio of just sound and loveliness. But, uh,. Yeah, I'll play those two songs there and then I'll tell you about the other three that I have. Okay, here we go.
something neat. Whatever. There's one called Angels that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's I'm gonna do some Tom Fuckery shit. <laughs>
using your hands. Okay, uh, the next three songs here <laughs> is uh, the first one there is one that I wrote for the podcast here and I, I entitled it Bold Winds That Blow Nowhere Blues and that song's kind of about like if you look, you know, you try something and it fails and you keep failing at it and you can't figure it out and, you know, it's like you have a bold wind in your head and it just blows nowhere. <laughs> so that's the whole idea of that song. Then the next one is called Coffee Stained Jazz. And this is a song that me and Jason did. And I really enjoyed how it came out and what we were doing with it. it See, so yeah, that's another song that he helped me work out pretty good. And I would have never got that song if it wasn't for Jason's drumming with it. And then the last song, I figured I'd throw in a cover... And it's a Cosby Stills Nash cover and Young cover called Almost Cut My Hair. And I've always loved the message of that song. That The message of that song says so much. And I, I really enjoyed that song, so I figured I'd play it. But here you go. Thank you. 
This episode of Sean Boy's podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed my guest, and and uh, hope you enjoyed uh, my talk on synchronicity. And I hope you laughed at my jokes. You think I'm funny? Who ha ha ha? That's what I do. I want to make people laugh and want people to be happy and joyful in their life. And, you know, it's not all. Oh, 
It's more like, <sighs> that's what you need to be in life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's my music part there. And uh, in conclusion there, uh, I think I made a couple of mistakes. Uh, I think on the synchronicity part there, I uh, alluded to the fact that she may have been married, Susan there, but that's not true. They're 16. <laughs> so I kind of fumbled my words there. And uh, as far as my guest goes there, he... He, he gets worked up and talkative, so he's real talkative in it. I kind of actually like that, and I don't mind, but I can see how some people would find that whatever. But, hey, it's America, and you're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want, people. So, why not start a podcast and start talking about it? All right. Well, join me next week, probably Monday, when I have episode three. I don't know what I'm going to cover yet. I have a couple ideals, but I ain't settled on anything. But uh, stay tuned. It'll be just as interesting as the ones before if you're into this. And, uh, and as always, thank you for listening. May you have a joyful day and everything good happen to you. And I hope that... I hope somehow I bring joy to somebody and then it's transferred somewhere else. That's what I hope. <laughs>